0: Praise the Lord. Please in- indulge me because before the choir starts singing that song, I was singing it to myself. So we're going to sing it again, obviously. But you're going to indulge me. You know where it says the reckless love of God? I'm going to ask us to sing something slightly different. You know you know my quirkiness about some words. I, I feel that reckless, God's love is not reckless. That, that has it for me. It has a slightly negative connotation. So we're going to sing selfless love of God. All right? She's, um, Shalom is laughing because we had this conversation last week. About reckless and selfless, but you know, it's it's a wonderful song, and you know, God's love is selfless, and what he did for us it was in spite of ourselves. Praise the mm-hmm. Lord, quite oh, oh, oh. oh, help me. Oh, oh. Why are not singing to If if you really believe that, if you really believe that God's love was sent for you, you know the love that made it live 99 and nice for you. You know it's, it's about you. It's about you. You know He gave Himself for you. He gave Himself for you. He gave Himself for people. For Forget about all other people. Forget about others about you? about you? Told him, and didn't cool with himself, said, you know what? I've done this since my youth. And Jesus said, go and sell everything you have. Sell everything you have and follow me. And follow me. And that made this guy be like, you know what? This is a hard task. I can't do it. And we're told he went away sorrowfully. By the grace of God, I just want to speak a bit about following him. So, you know, Jesus said, sell everything you have, follow me. And we're told that the guy went away sorrowfully. But we we said that the the key message from last week was, you know, when Jesus was talking about, you know, the needle's high, the high of the needle, he was speaking about impossibilities becoming possible and that the God is the God of possibilities, is the one that makes the impossible possible. Because said, with man, this might seem impossible, but with God, all things, all things are possible, not some things, all things. And you know, if, we, if we think of it, a classic example of what seemed to be impossible, we see one in the Old Testament, now, if you look at second Kings chapter seven, there's a story there. it starts from chapter six of second Kings when Syria was besieging Israel. So there was a king called Ben who besieged Israel. It got so bad that women were eating their children. Cannibalism, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it can be any worse. Praise God, praise God, really praise God, because if you if you if you think about it, how bad could it be that you know they resort to eating themselves because of a siege, because things were so dire, it was as bad as it could be. Presumably, before they started eating themselves. They would have eaten all the animals that were there, right? You would think all the animals had been eaten, all the plants had been eaten. What else do we do it was that bad? I'll read from verse 7. You know, it was so bad, but God sent his word. And this is Elisha speaking. He says, hear the word of the Lord, 2 Kings 7. Verse one, thank you. Seven one, brother says, "Hear the word of the Lord." Thus says the Lord: Tomorrow, by this time, about this time, a sear of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and is and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Verse two. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, "Look." If the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this then be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. So the word of the Lord came and said, you know what? By this time tomorrow, you know, barley flour will be sold for a shekel. Barley will be sold for two shekels. And this, this officer said, you know what, even if there was, you know, a window in heaven, if there was to be a window in heaven and God made a window in heaven and, you know, can this happen? So imagine a window opening and, you know, the barley and, you know, flour pouring out. He said, can this happen? You know, those, the, the Yoruba amongst us might be familiar with a phrase that says, o I, I actually believe that this is where it came from. I'm convinced. You know that you you see it with your eyes, your lips. Your you know they won't taste it, and that was exactly what you know Elijah said to this man. Says you will see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. This guy doubted God's word, and you know if you look at it physically, it was impossible. It was impossible because they had gotten to a point where they were eating themselves. So where's the barley going to come from? Where's the flour going to come from? And rightly so, the guy was like, you know what? Even if God opens the windows, can it really happen? Can it really happen? With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, it's it's Second Chronicles 2020 20 that says that you know, believe the Lord your God, the be part, and you'll be established. Believe his prophet and you'll prosper. If if we really want to be established, if we really want to thrive, we need to take God at his word. We need to take God at His word and we need to hold on to the word. Even if it seems, you know, you hear some things and you're like, Nada, it's you know, it can be. But if it is God's word, take him at his word, hold on to his word. If God says, I'm one of those people that believe that. If God says this room, the color in this room is actually black. Believe you me, it is black. It might might look like cream, but it is black. If God says it is black. Because for we know, we're, we're all colorblind. What God says is true his word is here and amen so be it so if the lord has spoken i mean i always say this if anybody says to me the lord spoke to me and said i will not doubt you the only thing i will say to you be sure the lord spoke to you praise the lord let us let us you know if we're truly going to be established we need to take God had his word. So going back to this rich young man that we read about in Matthew 19, Jesus said to him, follow me, verse 21 of Matthew 19. It says, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. And then after you've done that, come follow me. Come follow me, follow me. And so we we talked about it last week, his response and all. But you know, Peter must have been really intrigued by Jesus' statement. Because we see that Peter came back and asked Jesus a question in verse 27. He said that, you know what, we've, you know, we've given everything. Says, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? We've left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Think about the, that phrase, follow me. What does it mean? to actually follow. Not going into all the you know the theological expositions and all that. But essentially the, the the word that was translated follow there was to accompany, to be with, to be a companion, to walk with. So it it wasn't a it wasn't a short term instruction. It wasn't a short-term instruction. It wasn't a case of just for this period, just for now. So Jesus was on a journey. He was on a journey. And he called certain folks say, you know what? Follow me. Follow me. Accompany me. Go with me on this journey. Be my partner in this journey. And that's the same thing we're told. That young man. You know, it was, I actually believe that it was very highly privileged. Why why do I say that? I believe that it was highly privileged because there were there were very few instances when Jesus specifically told individuals personally, follow me. So for, for Jesus to have said to him, sell everything you have. You know, give to the poor. You'll have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. That was a specific call for this individual. I believe he missed missed a trick there. There, There's the general call to all of us, you know, come be my disciple, follow me. But specifically, when the Lord says, it's like instructions. Thank God we're we're saved, we're born again, we've come to know When God gives you a specific instruction, when he says something specific, that is for you. What are you doing with it? I can imagine what plans Jesus might have had for that individual. There were instances when people say, you know what? I will follow you. I will follow you. What did he say? Foxes have holes. The birds have their nests. The son of man doesn't have any way. He's going to lay his head. So you know what? It's not, it's not an easy thing. It even sounds like some people, almost as if Jesus Christ was discouraging them, literally making them realize that it's not, it's not a straightforward thing. And those were the ones that said, I will follow you. Not the ones that even said, you come. So imagine when he's now saying to someone, come, follow me. Praise the Lord. I'll say that there, there, there are a few instances when Jesus actually said to folks, follow me. And what was it saying when he was saying, follow me? Come and be my companion. I'm going on a journey. Be part of it. We see that with the disciples. So in Matthew 4, verse 19, I never thought about this. We're always talking about Philippians 419. And everybody's always talking about 419, the Nigerians, and they also know what I'm talking about. But it's not just the Nigerians. Anyway. But, you know, God, um, Jesus Christ called Peter, called Peter and Andrew, um, James, someone said James and John, very true. When it was very specific, he said, you know, come follow me, um, says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In this instance, there was a clear indication of the expectation. So if you come and follow me, if you come and be my companion, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So if we're following Jesus, as in this instance, there's a change in orientation. There's a change in our mindset. There's a change in our mentality. There's a change in our overall outlook. There's a difference between catching fish and catching men. If I'm gonna be a fisherman, what I do, how I do it, is gonna be different from if I'm trying to get men to buy into something. I'm not sure if you get what I'm talking about. So think, think about profession. Think about professions. If I'm a, I'm a plumber, what do I do? I do plumbing work, make sure, you know, connected and all that. If I'm an architect, that is a different ballgame, right? If I'm a teacher, I help children learn. A teacher cannot walk into the hospital and say that they want to become a pediatrician, right? There's a whole different skill set that is required. I can be a nursery school teacher. I can be a primary school teacher. I deal with children. But if I wanna be a pediatrician and look after children and take health you know, the health care, what it takes is totally different. As a fisherman, I catch fish. Yes, I provide food. As a fisher of men, I am instrumental in populating the kingdom. So Jesus was saying to his disciples, to Peter and to Andrew, you know what? Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You're, You're currently, this is your current status. It is going to change. It will change. It will be transformed. When we follow Jesus, We should be transformed. There should be a change in what we, you know, our current state and from following him to a new state, a change in our orientation. And that that was essentially what he was saying. He said the same thing to Peter and Andrew. He said it to the disciple who wanted to go and bury the father in Matthew um, eight, verse 22. He called Matthew the tax man, in Matthew 9, verse 9. You know, in Matthew 16, 24, he said that, you know, anyone, and I remember we shared recently about this, about taking up our cross and following him. So in spite of all, he said, take up your cross, follow me. Anyone who would, if you would, do it, follow me. In Matthew 9, 21, that we've looked at, nineteen twenty one, he said it to this rich young ruler. And I really believe that this guy missed the trick because God wanted to do something different with him. He says, sell everything you have, give to the poor. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. After that, come and follow me. So forget about the riches you have right now. Be a blessing to others. Come follow me. He said it to Philip, you know, in John 1, 43. He said it, you know, again in John 12, 26. Says, if anyone, you know, would serve him, let them follow me. If you would serve me, follow me. If you choose to, so we have a choice. It's not by compulsion. What is the choice you're making? Are you you choosing to serve him? And can we read, let's read that verse, um, John 12, 26, please. John 12, 26. It says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. You know, I, I read this verse and I said to myself, so it is possible to be serving and not following, right? So it, it is possible for us to say we're serving the Lord but not following the Lord. Remember remember that, that story that says that, you know, many will say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. I ministered to the sick. I raised, I raised the dead, amen. I raised the dead. I healed, you know, the blind. I sang in the choir. I was an, a faithful usher. I was faithful in the technical department. I played the instrument like no man's business. I came to church every time, even though I didn't do anything. God bless us all. Yet, he said, I do not know you, you workers of iniquity. So it's possible to be serving. It's possible to be working. Some people are not even working, but hey. But even those that are working, he said that it's possible to be working and not following. It says, if you, anyone serves me, it didn't say if anyone will serve me. It says, if anyone serves me, Let him follow me. So the question is, are you following him? You're already serving. You're committed. You're committed, you know, to the things of God, to the work of God. You're faithful in, you know, all that you do. You're punctual when they call for the meetings, you're there. When, you know, every service, you're there. You're never late. Even the, you know, you're faithfully serving. But are you faithfully following are you accompanying him in that journey? Are you being Christ's companion? It says, if anyone, if you know, if anyone serves me, follow me. How are we following the Lord? And like we said, this, this following is not a it's not a short-term thing. It's for the long haul. So it's not for a season, it's not for the time when it's convenient for us. It's not for when things are, you know, swell, when things are rosy. Let's read um, John 21 from verse 19. So Jesus called Peter from the get-go. Follow me, I'll make you fisher of men. I'll make you fish for men. And Peter went on a three-year journey with him. Now... In spite of it all, these guys, they had expectations because they they knew the prophecies. They knew that the Messiah would come. They probably had a different mindset of how Christ, you know, would do his thing. I'm sure none of them expected him to be killed, to be captured or to be killed. It was meant to be the Messiah to deliver them at that point in time. But he was captured. You know, they arrested him. They killed him. At that point in time, the disciples did not understand the ultimate goal, the end game. It says, you know, this he spoke, signifying, okay, I've jumped a bit, but by what death he would glorify God was talking about Peter. It says, and when he had spoken this, he said to him, He said to Peter, follow me. Verse 20. He said to Peter, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following who also had leaned on his breast and the supper and said, Lord, who is this one who betrays you? John. Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Now, Jesus deals with each and every one of us individually. Husband and wife, fantastic. You're a married couple. The Lord will deal with you as you are. He will deal with your spouse as they are. Similarly, friends, we're, we're all on this, you know, in this Christian race, we're all running the wonderful race. It is, we're all supporting each other in the race, but we're all running an individual race. Praise the Lord. I'm running an individual race. You're running an individual race. I will be accountable personally. You will be accountable personally. When the Lord is looking at me, he's going to look at Demolobembe. He's not going to say, okay, what has Fumio Bembe done? And therefore make a call on Bembe. Do you get where I'm coming from? Peter asked about Janice, you know, what about him? What's your plan for him? And Jesus, said, what's that to you? You know, whatever I want to do with him, that's between him and I. If I want him to be alive till like I come back, that's between him and I. You follow me. So at the beginning, we saw that Christ called Peter to follow him. At the end, He recalled him. Follow me. Keep following me. It is not a short-term race. It is for the long haul. Praise the Lord. Matthew 19, verse 28. So verse 27 says, Then Peter answered and said to him, Jesus, see We have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 29. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Praise the Lord. So Peter asked that question, you know, what do we stand to gain by following you? What do we stand to gain by being your companion? In the case of the apostles, you know, and that, that was why I said that for each and every one of us, Christ deals with us individually. He had a specific calling for the apostles. And that's why I said that, you know, they'll, they'll reign, they'll sit on the twelve thrones. But he said, everyone, Everyone who has left houses, father, you know, brothers, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or children, or lands, whatever we live for the sake of the gospel. He said that we will inherit a hundredfold and also inherit eternal life. So the, the hundredfold is not, he didn't say we'll get that in heaven. Praise the Lord. He wasn't saying that we'll get that in heaven. He was saying that, you know, let's, let's get our priorities right. What should be our priority? Being a companion of Christ, following Christ. Praise the Lord. And that's, that's why, you know, the Bible says in Matthew 6, step 3, that you know, if you seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness, that everything else, everything else will be added to you what should be our priorities in following him in being his companion let us focus on his kingdom and his righteousness let us truly be his companion if we leave if you think oh you know I'm forsaking everything I'm forsaking house, brothers and sisters is he saying that you should be an enemy of your brother or your parents no prioritize me prioritize my relationship with you or your relationship with me put me first Pull the righteousness of God's kingdom first. And it says everything else. He didn't say some things. It says everything else will be added to you. Praise the Lord. I think that there is, there's a reason for us to, to smile and be glad in that fact. That as we follow him, as we follow him, as we choose to be his companion, not in the short term, but for the long haul. He's saying that everything that we think we're giving up and sometimes it can be challenges. You you think, man, I have to give up this because I've chosen to be a Christian. He said, everything you think you're losing, you know, you will receive a hundredfold. But more importantly, eternal life. Shall we pray? Let, Let us pray. I don't know your peculiar situation. I don't know if you'll find it challenging to follow him. If you find it challenging, Peter said that they have given up houses, they have given up everything. What is it that is that might be stopping you from truly giving all, from yielding totally to follow him? Why don't you just bring that before the Lord? The, the material wealth, the, the material things, whatever it is that that might be a hindrance they're truly a hindrance because the important thing is we need to prioritize our relationship we need to prioritize our companionship with the lord i don't know if if you're if you're here this afternoon and you are struggling you're struggling in that place of followership you may be you may be excellent in service you may be serving excellently well but in following it's it's a challenge if there's anyone here like that please just raise your hand up I'll, I'll pray with you you're serving God you know that you're faithfully in service but in being a true follower in being a true companion in walking with him in you know in fellowship with him it is a challenge why don't you bring it to the lord lord help me help me to follow you all the way to accompany you wherever you may take me shepherd of my soul i give you full control wherever you may lead I will follow. I have made the choice to listen for your voice wherever you may lead. I will go. Be it in the quiet pasture, I gentle stream, the shepherd of my soul is by my side, should I face a mighty mountain for a valley dark and deep, the shepherd of my soul will be my guide. Everlasting Father, we pray that indeed you that are the shepherd of our soul, that will yield totally to you, to follow you wherever you may lead. As you called us, you said, follow me, that we will truly follow you. Not only would we be faithful in service, but we will be faithful in following. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your redemptive love. For your calling upon each and every one of us. The grace of God to continue to seek you first and to prioritize you. We receive afresh fresh in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise that day, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.